0: Funny things I say. I just can't take my eyeballs off those cookies. Well, hey, Heritage. So far today, we've had a great time of celebration and fellowship as a family. And I want to welcome our Bettendorf family and all those tuning in online as we take a few minutes to wrap up our Family Tree series now, just like every other weekend, this is a conversation for everyone. It's not just for parents and kids. It's for those who are married and those who are single, the young, the old, those with kids, those without kids. This is a conversation that applies to everyone. The, the principles apply to the people of God. Now, this is week five, and if you have missed any of the other messages, I want to let you know they're available to you online, and I encourage you to go check them out. But I want to do just a quick review of where we've been in this journey as we wrap things up. We started week one in Family Tree looking at a bit of the who, what, why, and how of family and how we can add quality to quantity. Then we dove into the deep end in Dysfunction Junction to look at the patterns and how the patterns we live by define us and our family. The week after that, we took some time to look at the unique relationship between parents and children in Kidala Tree. And last weekend, in adult lessons, we looked at how we really grow and fully mature. In fact, we looked at one specific passage out of Proverbs. It's Proverbs 22.6, and it may be familiar to you, but this is what it says. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Now, this is a very familiar passage for many of you. It's a great proverb, but it's often misunderstood to be a promise when it's really about a principle. When we see this passage as a promise, we end up carrying a burden and living into a role that we're not supposed to. And you can see more about that in the adolescence message online, but I bring it back up because anytime we misunderstand God or we misapply Scripture, it's problematic. When we miss the point or add to it, we complicate things. It kind of reminds me of the first grade teacher who one day decided to give her students the first part of familiar sayings. Just kind of like life proverbs, not biblical proverbs, the the kind of things that we just know are adages in life. Things like, for example, better to be safe than, what would be the ending? Yeah. Well, that's not what she got in her responses. Here are a few things that she received in this one. Better to be safe than, punch a fifth grader. That's actually good advice. Here's another one. Strike while the bug is close. Also good advice. Here's another one. It's always darkest before they said daylight savings time. Yes, you are right. Here's another one. Don't bite the hand that looks dirty. Also good counsel. Rolling on further. A miss is as good as a mister. Shout out to the women. There you go. And then we have this one. If you lie down with dogs, you stink in the morning. That is true. I just got a couple more. The pen is mightier than the pigs. The pen, not the pen. Never mind. All right, here we go. A penny saved is not very much. And lastly, children should be seen and not spanked. And all the children said, amen, <laughs> amen. Like those, are, those are funny, and, and some of them are actually really helpful counsel. But I share those because I think sometimes we can be like those first graders when it comes to the things that God has said in his word. We can miss the point, we can misunderstand, we can even add our own twist to it when it, doesn't, when it isn't even there. And we can do that in families. But families are too important to get God's instructions wrong. The family is one of God's primary missional communities in the world, and when they function well, it's powerful and effective. In fact, everyone needs family. Everyone needs family. That's your first fill-in if you're tracking along in the note guide today. Everyone needs family. Everyone needs what? Family. Now, look, we can talk in terms of primary community group. And the primary community group that we have in life influences us tremendously. And most often it is family, but how we define family is important. We can define family by birth, by blood, sweat, and tears, by belief. Even Jesus hinted at this. There was a moment where Jesus was was teaching and someone came to him and said, hey, your mom and your brothers are waiting to talk to you. And he said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And then he turned to his disciples and he pointed at them. And here's what he said in Matthew 12, verse 49. He said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. How we define family matters. And Jesus is defining family by those who do the will of God. But I think sometimes we want to narrow the definition of family when God wants us to broaden the definition of family. Because it's as a family that we go. It's as a family that we grieve. It's as a family that we grow. It's as a family that we learn and live and love. Even this weekend, as we pause to honor those that have made the ultimate sacrifice so that we can enjoy the freedoms we have, we will gather as family by birth, by blood, sweat, and tears, by belief. As it's as a family that we go, and everyone needs family. Now, one of the realities is that we're not made to do life alone. God created us to do life in the context of community, in the context of relationships. He knew that we were, we would be better together than we are apart. Even David, David was a king, he was a warrior, musician, songwriter. David took time to write specifically about The value that God places on us living in families. We can find it in Psalm 68. And you can turn there if you want, but it's also going to be on the screen and in your guide. Here's what he wrote. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God, whose dwelling is holy. He's identifying a bit of the heartbeat of God that those who are alone should not be alone. So here's what God does. David writes, God places the lonely in where? Families. God places the lonely in families. He goes on to say, he sets the prisoners free and gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. God knows that we are more together than we are apart, and he's created us to live in community, in relationship with him and with others. It's all throughout scripture, this reality. It's it's so clear that in the two greatest commandments that Jesus identified were the two greatest, it says, love God and love others. That's community, that's relationship. It, and this applies to all of us, the extrovert and the introvert. This is the way God has created us. It's as a family that we go, and we all need family. Now, one of the foundational scriptures that we've been looking at as we walk walked through the Family Tree series comes out of Deuteronomy. It's Deuteronomy chapter six, and, and Moses is writing, and he's talking, and he's saying, look, there are times that we are to recall the instructions of God. And, and he does it at four specific times that the people of God are to recall the instructions of God. And and we've been applying them this way. We've been talking about them as morning, drive, meals, and night. These are the four times. Now, when Moses gave these four times, he wasn't restricting the times of looking at God's Word. He was actually just elevating the prominence. Saying, look, these are opportunities that we need to be thinking about what God has said and applying them. So these four things go under the time column. And we've been talking about how what we're trying to communicate, what the role is, and what our goal is across this whole continuum. And on the very back of your sermon note guide today is the full matrix of those four columns and the four times. And I really encourage you to consider using this as a starting point to add quality to quantity, to do the right thing at the right time, whether you have kids by physical birth or kids by spiritual birth. This is a great way to start, and it's not too late to start. If you've not done this, you can still start even today to begin to add quality to quantity and invest in ways that make a difference for generations to come, because everyone needs family, everyone. Now, I realize the church is called to be family. But here's something that, that sometimes gets sideways in our thinking. The church was never intended to be the sole spiritual influencer. The church was never intended to be the sole spiritual influencer. Church is family, but sometimes I think it can become something it was never intended to be. And I want to be clear. We don't go to church. We are the church. So the church is about people. The church is the community of God. It's not a building and a place. And it's in the context of that community that we can be influencers, but not to be the sole spiritual influencer. The church is a key influencer. It's, a, it's an essential one. It's even central to community, but not to be the sole spiritual influencer. So when we look at the church community and we say, look, I'm going to drop my kids off and you're going to take care of all their spiritual needs. I'm good to go. That's not how this works. It's, it's drop off kids and together we do this. There's a daily, weekly reality that allows us to lead our families into fullness, into spiritual maturity. But I think many have made the mistake of outsourcing spiritual influence in their family, whether intentionally by saying the church is going to take care of all that, or unintentionally by letting the world do it. Too many of us have outsourced what should be a responsibility for the family, and the church can be and is designed to be part of that. But the church is not to be the frontline spiritual influencer. Parents and the nuclear family are. The church can and absolutely must position families to be lead spiritual influencers. We have to. We are on this journey together, and we need to maximize these gathering moments, but I tell you, this is not enough. The kind of life that God wants to have for you does not fit into an hour on a weekend. There's 168 hours in the week, If you give one hour towards gathering with God's people, there's 167 hours that still are sources and places of influence in life. And that's why we talked about it a couple weeks ago, saying what happens at home is more formative than what happens here. It takes a village, and that's great and true, but our villages and towns no longer work that way, which is why being linked in the church is so important. We can't neglect that. But I think when we think of family, sometimes we look at it and we look at it as just like boxes, segmented boxes, as opposed to a mixture of relationships. Now, I realize part of that is how a guy thinks as opposed to how a girl thinks. Men think like waffles and women think like spaghetti, where men are like boxes and everything separate and, and women are spaghetti where all the noodles are touching. You pull one noodle, it affects everything. And, and actually, that's how family really functions. Because family is more a circle than a hierarchy. Family is more a circle than a simple hierarchy. It's more like spaghetti than a waffle. Think about it this way. You are in the context of a family. Now, your family is that primary community group. PCG, I'm making that up. Primary community group. There you go. You are in the context of that primary community group. Now, most often that is your nuclear family. But there is also the church, if you're connected into the church family, there's also the neighborhood that you live in. It can be school, it can be work, friends. These are all influencers into the dynamic of what constitutes family. Now, it is more a circle than a hierarchy. A hierarchy would look more like an organizational chart that reflects authority, family is a circle and it reflects influence. And what Jesus said was that family are those who do the will of the Father. So hopefully, in your primary community group, they are following God. Because we looked at this last week, it is always folly to follow anybody who doesn't follow God. So when you take in maybe a a Christ-centered family approach, but then you also have the church, this becomes this like dual influence. But again, if you take one hour a weekend, or even two hours a weekend, that's still, if you take one hour, it leaves 167 hours for the rest of the week where Everybody else gets to influence what's happening in life. Now, sadly, friends and work and school and community, they don't all follow God. And because they don't follow God, they can actually lead us to other influences. But the church is not to be the sole spiritual influencer. That family primary community group has greater influence. This is where morning drive and meal and night times become those touch points for leading family towards God's God's purposes and into holiness with Jesus Christ. The the church is never intended to be the sole spiritual influencer. And, And on top of that, family is to be a place of influence, not a place to hide. Family is to be a place to influence, not a place to hide. Now, I realize in a world that is filled with hardship and pain and evil, we can be tempted to see our family as a place to hide from the world, a safe spot to retreat, and it should be that, a a safe place to pull back, to find love and care and support. But if that's all our family is, it is not living into God's purpose for it. The family is a place of frontline influence. Yes, a place of refuge, but oh, so much more, so much more. Look, look, God wants us to be like him. So with that understanding, Psalm 68 is more than a reference to the value of family. It actually hints to the function of family. Let's go back and look at it for a moment. Father to the fatherless, defender of the widows. This is God. So he's placing value on caring for those who are alone, the widow and the orphan. But take a look at this, down into verse 6. God places the lonely in families. This is not about proximity. This is about community. It's about care and purpose and impact. And God puts us in families not to solve loneliness, but to lead us into fullness. Let me say that again. God puts us in families not to solve loneliness, but to lead us into fullness. Look what he goes on to write here, what David wrote. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. God's heart is for us to live into fullness with him through his son, Jesus Christ, life to the full. And those who do not live into that through a relationship with Jesus end up living a rebellious life in a sun-scorched land, isolated and vulnerable. Family is to be a place of influence, not just a place to hide. These these things are not disconnected. They all reflect the heart of God and his design. Family is a place of influence, a place to realize full potential. Now, now I realize as well that some of you are in a family design or a family situation where the likelihood of healthy influence toward you is slim. But what about your influence towards them? See, we can live in a dynamic where you're either transforming your dynamic or you are allowing your dynamic to transform you. And family is a place of influence. So, what do we do with all this? Well, I want to give us an invitation to do one thing as we wrap up this series the opportunity that we need to think bigger and not smaller. We need to think bigger, not smaller. Most people want to narrow their relational wedge and then put themselves at the front end of it. We naturally seek to go smaller and to make life about us. But we need to think bigger and not smaller. We need to think more broadly and not narrowly. We need to think outward, not inward. So it's think bigger, not smaller. Consider it this way. You have a life, and then you have a sphere of influence. You likely have a friend, someone who is a peer, someone who is speaking into your life, holding you accountable. But you have also been placed in the context of a family. Whether it's physical or spiritual, you have an influence that's ahead of you. But that's not just those two influences aren't the only two. There's a third that you are actually influencing somebody else. There are three levels of relationship. Now, when you're influencing others, hopefully you're not just influencing one person. Maybe you're influencing two or three or more. But God positions you to make have an influence in this world. He's not only having you influence others just with three, you actually hopefully have more than one person influencing you who's ahead of you. A family dynamic, a church dynamic. And you hopefully also have more than one person who's a friend who's speaking into your life in accountability. So, what ends up happening is that those who follow Jesus need to broaden their view of family and place themselves in the context of relationship. They need to go bigger, not smaller. And we end up having this larger bandwidth of saying, look, there are three levels of relationship. I am in relationship with those before me, those beside me, and those behind me. I am intentionally investing in those three levels and relationships. And if you don't currently have that, this is reflecting your next step to go as a family. If you are influencing others and, and, and you are learning from those ahead of you, but you don't have accountability in your life, you need to build this accountability in. If you're being taught by others and you have friendships, but you're not pouring into the next generation, this is where you need to invest. God calls the people of God to live in the context of family, which is more a circle, but one that is influencing from from ahead, beside, and behind. This is what we're called to do in the context of relationship. We're positioned to be influenced and to be an influence in all directions. And like we heard even in the children's moment a bit earlier, wherever you are, you can have influence. And family is a place of influence, not a place to hide. So as we prepare to end our family tree journey, and and you continue to process where God is asking you to add quality to quantity, where he's asking you to consider what patterns you're passing or stopping, where he's asking you to consider what honor and obedience looks like in your family, or even where you need to step to grow in those primary community groups, I wonder what your primary community group is. They influence you greatly. Are, are, are they influencing you, or are you, you influencing them, or both? Maybe you could ask yourself this question as we close Am I transforming my dynamic, or is my dynamic transforming me? What's happening in your world? See, when we go back to this diagram over here, we can hide, we can retreat, or we can influence. And the reality is that this circle dynamic that we're talking about has an outward influence as well. We're not just to be influenced, we're to be an influence. And the question is, are you influencing your dynamic? Is your dynamic influencing you? You are a son and daughter of the king. It's as a family that we go, not alone, not in isolation, together. And actually together is where we see the things of God take place in this world and we can advance his kingdom in a way that matters. So as you process whether you're influencing your dynamic or dynamic is influencing you, I pray that you will take a posture of living in the context of community and relationship as a son or daughter of the king because he has a purpose and plan for you and he's not done with you yet. It's as a family that we go and we all need family. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that you invite us not only into relationship with you but relationship with others. You call us to love you, and you call us to love others, and then you place us on mission. God, I I thank you that because of Jesus, we can have relationship with you, and I pray for those today that maybe haven't done that, that they would become part of your family by doing your will. I also pray, Father, for, for those that are around us that we need to seek to love more intentionally, to be in relationship either as those before us, those beside us, or those behind us. Help us to live fully in more of a circle dynamic than a hierarchy. Not one based on authority, but one based on influence. Because we all have influence, regardless of age. And I pray that we would be good stewards of that in a manner that leads more and more people in a relationship with you. Lord, I thank you for the family tree journey. I thank you for this time, even now. I love you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.